0: From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens, where we discuss issues involving your children as they're growing up. I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod, Assistant Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at UMMC. Raising a toddler is fun, but a very stressful time. Between the tantrums and the toilet training, it can be a very frustrating time. So today, we're going to talk about tips for toilet training as well as managing the toddler tantrums. We have Dr. Laura Newman-Own with us. She is a pediatrician as well as a mom of three, so she's here to discuss these topics with us. Share your comments and questions with us this morning by giving us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can send us an email at kids at mpbonline.org. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens from MPB Think Radio. Southern Remedy, Kids and Teens, and MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod, Assistant Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at UMMC. Raising a toddler is fun, but it can be a very stressful time. And between the tantrums and the toilet training, it can also be a very frustrating time. So today, we're going to be talking about tips for toilet training as well as managing the toddler tantrums. We've got Dr. Laura Newman on with us today. She is both a pediatrician as well as a mom of three, and so she's going to help us with these discussions today. As usual we will be taking your comments and questions and we'd love to hear from you. so give us a call at 1877 MPB ring that's 18776727464 or you can send us an email at kids at mpbonline.org. So thank you Dr. Newman for coming in with us today. Thank so uh, for having me. yeah so I asked her um, she's a pediatrician she's actually does um, pediatric hematology and oncology as well. But I ask her more to come in today as a mom and not necessarily to give us the medical advice, but we want to hear more about the mom advice because um, it's it's easy for us to talk about things that you're supposed to do and what we recommend doing, but it's different for each kid. And sometimes when you get in the real life situations, it's even more different and more frustrating. And so when you can talk to somebody that's had some experience, um, as I know a lot of y'all have out here listening, um, it just makes it more relatable. And so we want to hear from you. Tell us some of your stories about how you got your children potty trained and how you manage their tantrums that they threw as toddlers, because um, let everybody know out there that they're not alone and maybe some tips that could help them in the future. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Dr. Newman.
2: Okay. <laughs> um, so I, um, like I, like Dr. McLeod said, I am a pediatric hematologist-oncologist. But um, more importantly to me, I am a mama. I have a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a six-month-old Um, My oldest will be five next month. So we are kind of, we have never left the trenches of motherhood. Um, They're all kind of close together. Um, I have three daughters. And so we have potty trained two kids now and gone through the terrible twos that um, doesn't end at two, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, But they are wonderful kids. And we have learned so much raising them. You know, you think being a pediatrician, you know a lot about children, but... um, motherhood teaches you so much more and so there's a lot that um that we've learned by experience so hopefully we can contribute to these questions and discussions
0: yeah well thanks so much for coming in looks like we've got a caller so we'll go quick to him david thanks for calling what's going on today
3: uh thank you for taking my call i got a question my granddaughter i don't want to say she's been brainwashed but they've opened up a store there, in, in in right next, right down the road from us in South Haven, Mississippi, and they're giving out free samples of CBD oil, and they're making some very. They're not licensed. This is just a, a pop, mom and pop store, I guess. Anyway, and they're giving her medical advice, and uh, the CBD oil they claim it'll help pain, soreness, muscle discomfort. Uh, Proven sleep, appetite, mood, uh, it's a miracle cure. Anyway, they got her convinced that this CBD oil will help babies with teeth and pain. Is there a danger with this?
0: Um, I would be hesitant to use it in a baby. So um, CBD oil is... uh, essentially made from the same marijuana plant it just doesn't have the thc which is what gives you the high for marijuana so it does not have that in it it is an all-natural um so
3: it that, is i hate to interrupt you but that that's the key word they're pushing it's all natural it's safe. right
0: it it is it is um it is natural um because it is you know from the plant but I would be hesitant to use it in a child. Um, We don't have a ton of research out there on it. There is lots of research going on. Um, Y'all may remember Dr. Ingram, he was on our show a couple of weeks ago, and he's actually doing a trial right now, but it is a a well-run medical trial right now going on to treat seizures. So there are lots of trials going on right now for CBD oil. I just don't know that we have a ton of information on it right now. So I would be a little hesitant to use it in my infant um, I know a lot of people think that it, it does help with pain and different all different kinds of things. Rashes, I see it used for a lot of different things. Um, but I just don't think there's enough research on it just yet to use it in infants, unless it's under, like, a specific trial, like for, say, the one that Dr. Ingram's doing, where there's lots of controls.
3: Well, like I said, they're making a whole lot of, uh, uh, like, it's a miracle cure-all.
0: Yeah, I've, see, I've seen a lot of stuff out there now about the CBD oil. And, you know, five years from now, we may know a lot more about it and know that it it is safe and it does work really well. But right now, we just don't have a, a too much information on it. So I'd be real hesitant to use it in my infant.
3: Uh, do they have any um, rules or regulations or somebody, the FDA or somebody watching to see how much active ingredient is actually in these different, you know, Brands or stores that are popping up I mean they could say they could say it's CB deal and it may have you know one percent of CBO may have 25 percent.
0: Yeah, that's a really good question, David and I don't know that I could say that with hundred percent certainty. I don't know that it's FDA regulated it it I'm not sure I would have to look that up but we can take a look at that and see if we can get some more information during our next break and let you know what we find. But thank you so much for your call today. So we are talking today about... Um, Some of the different struggles that we have with toddlers, you know, our two and three year olds, they're fun, but they are busy. And uh, there's a lot that goes on during those couple of years. Uh, We learn potty training. They have tantrums and the terrible twos and the three nagers, as we like to call it. So um, we're talking today about how to manage that, some different tips. We'd love to hear any tips that you may have. Give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. So, we'll talk a little bit about potty training first, because I feel like that's one of the biggest hurdles you got to get through um, with your toddlers. So, you know, potty training is more than just learning how to go to the bathroom, there's lots of things that go into it um, and how to know that your child is ready to start potty training. So, um, potty training, I usually tell parents that most kids are not going to be ready until they're at least two. Now, there are some out there that 18 months can get started potty training. I actually was talking to one of my friends earlier and um, she has four kids and her three uh, all took their her first three took till they were 3 but her 18 month old is now potty trained as uh, her fourth one so you just really never know but in general it's going to be about 2 years old before they're really ready to start potty training some some get ready at 18 months but most are going to be 2 years old and so part of the reason why that is is because their bodies aren't necessarily physiologically ready to potty train so there's some things that go into getting ready to potty train so they have to there are bladder system and their digestive system have to be mature enough so that they can hold their urine that they can hold their stool so that they don't have accidents and that they know that they can control that and go into the bathroom and you know that honestly doesn't start until around 18 months old some are a little bit later but most of the time around 18 months old they can start having those. Um, So, Dr. Newman, tell us a little bit about how you knew that maybe your child was getting that, getting physiologically ready to be able to start potty training.
2: Yeah. So, um, thinking way back when my five-year-old was about two, um... She, we were kind of lucky. She potty trained pretty easily. I know, um, like Dr. McLeod said, everybody is so different, um, and there's such a range. You know, just like with every other milestone, there's a huge range of when kids are ready and when they can learn. And some kids potty train so easily, and in some kids it's more of a struggle. And so um, my first daughter, when we kind of knew she was ready, she would get upset um, when she – um Teetied or pooped in the in her diaper. She would want to take it off. She did not like being dirty. Um and then she would tell us um when she went to the bathroom. She would she would tell us a teaed or a boo you know, what I mean um and that kind of indicates that they're aware, first of all, they're cognitively aware of what they're doing Um, You know, first they'll start telling you when they did it afterwards. And then she would say, I have to go TT. Mm -hmm. You know, then once they start telling you beforehand, because there's not a lot you can do until they recognize that urge to go before they actually do it. So once they start telling you, I have to go to the potty, that's when they're really at least the cognitive aspect they're ready for it sometimes you know they'll say i have to go to the potty and then before you make it to the bathroom they've gone in their pull-up or their diaper and and that's okay because it's a process and um you know you don't wake up one day and they say oh i have to use the bathroom and they go into the bathroom and sit on the toilet and go that would be wonderful but that's not how it works so that's kind of the first step in knowing that they were ready at least for us was when she would tell us that she had to go to the bathroom before she um before she did it, as opposed to saying, Oh, I TT did my diaper. Um, so,
0: learning how to recognize yeah. that fullness and recognize
2: that it, feeling. It's right. Re- yeah. The it's urge. Time. Yeah.
0: Looks like we got a couple of other callers. So, we'll go next to Marsha. She's in Jackson. Thanks for calling, Marsha. Oh, thank you for having
4: my call. Um, my sister in law, I, I do not have children, so I really can't claim. I know this from personal experience. But my sister in law, Potty trained kind of became an expert on potty training and one of the things she said that this is from about 15 years ago so things may have changed but one of the things she said was not to use pull-ups and the reason was that pull-ups kept the uh, kept the child from feeling the wet uh you know the, and you were just talking about your daughter did not like to be dirty so that's how she was potty training. she said if you it, it you have to you have to accept accidents but you know in their in their regular uh panties or their underpants but that she found that if you took the child out of pull-ups and put them back into regular clothes that they potty train much faster now i again i don't know they made improvements since then
2: yeah so that's uh, a great question um you know different things work for different people um in my house we kind of start with pull-ups because unlike a diaper they can pull it up and down that's the purpose of a pull-up it's very similar to a diaper um you definitely can still it the when it's full of of urine you can it's still wet and still a fullness there and my kids still did not like when it was wet or certainly when they when they pooped in it and so but the the we start out with the pull up because they can simply pull it down themselves. Mm-hmm. So when they have to go to the potty, they can pull it down. They can't un well they could, but it's more difficult to to pull the tabs off a diaper and get it off. Um, and then once they kind of learn that, then we switched to panties. And then certainly, you're absolutely right. You you kind of do have to allow a certain you know degree of accidents in their panties. And, and potty training is is messy and sometimes not fun. You have to clean. T. and poop off the floor and off of panties and everything else. So that's kind of the next step. Some people do skip the pull-up phase altogether. And I think we're going to talk about in a little bit, you know, it depends on how you're going to go about it. If it's a more gradual potty training or if you're going to do a quote potty training boot camp where you just let them be naked or in panties or or underwear um, in a couple of days and just let them have accidents until they get it. So um, I think it's just, as far as pull-ups go, I don't think they're a bad thing at all. Um, I think that it just, you have to find what works for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And for us, they worked initially. Um, And they're also good for nighttime. You know, most kids potty train during the day, but then still require, um, well, unless you're going to clean up the sheets every single morning, but nighttime dryness is is a totally different thing. Um, And that is, More of a physiologic issue that they have to grow and be able to control better. So, if you use pull up for nighttime, that's great because they can pull them up and down and do it themselves if they have to get out of the bed and use the bathroom.
0: Yeah, thanks for that tip, Marsha. Yeah, some some people don't do potty, uh, uh, pull-ups. potty They just go straight to the underwear, and that's fine. I think you just have to be a little more prepared for more accidents and a little more laundry than you normally would. Because the, <laughs> Absolutely. The, the, the nice thing about pull-ups is that you can throw them away, um, whereas if it's underwear, you've got to do more laundry. But, you know, like we said, there is no one-all, fix-all for everybody for potty training. So if pull-ups didn't seem to work for your kids, I think it's definitely reasonable reasonable to try um with your next child or with your friend's child to maybe not do pull-ups you know everybody has to figure out what works best for them so we'll go next to erica and mobile hello hey erica
4: go ahead hey how you doing good i have a three-year-old um little boy and i'm body training him he's 10 and he stands up you know like a man does and use the bathroom and for when it's time to do number two He does sit on the toilet, but he prefers to sit on the floor. I don't know why, but he sits on the floor. And he also has a problem with constipation. I I don't know if there's anything that you all can help me with with constipation because he's been to the doctor and the stuff that they've given him, it doesn't work.
0: So, Erica, you are not alone. So, most kids get the bladder control a lot faster than they get the stooling control. Um, So, that is very, very common that he's got it down when he, you know, uses number one. But having a bowel movement is a little more difficult. So, that is very common. A lot of times that's a little bit slower for them to pick up but the um, constipation thing definitely uh, complicates everything it makes it a lot harder because kids with constipation a lot of times they're afraid to use the potty because it hurts uh, when they go to the bathroom sometimes even kids with really bad constipation may even have blood when they go to the bathroom or wipe and that can be a scary process for them too and so all of that just complicates the matters so i wouldn't be too um upset that he's not going to uh stooling on the commode i know that can be frustrating but he will get it with time i do think you are right when you say we got to get this constipation under control do you know what medicine the doctor has in on
4: it was miralax
0: yeah so miralax is usually one of the first ones that we start with just because it's easy you can mix it it's a powder and you can mix it in with whatever they're drinking that morning um, I would talk to your doctor about maybe if you could go up on the dose. I'm not sure how much he's taken, but Miralax is one that um, we can kind of play with. We kind of teach our parents how to play with it and increase it here or back off of it there uh, to see if that helps a little bit with getting his stools a little, a uh, little bit softer so that he doesn't get so scared when he has to go use the potty. Uh, There's some other medicines out there. I'm not sure what you're mixing your Miralax with, but we don't want kids doing a lot of juice, but a little bit, one cup of apple juice a day or prune juice, mixing your Miralax with that tends to help a lot because the juice themselves make you go to the bathroom. there's also some other medications out there like Milk and Magnesia that you can use that also works. The thing, I don't really like Milk and Mag to use as much in kids because, number one, it tastes terrible. Um, but number two, it also makes them go to the bathroom, like makes them have to feel like they have to rush to the bathroom, whereas Miralax doesn't really do that as much. And uh, Milk and Mag can also make them kind of crampy. But it's definitely one that you could use in a rescue situation because it's going to work. It's going to work fast too.
2: Another thing to add is that um, sometimes kids, when they start potty training, they don't like to feel that dirty diaper. Um, They don't like to poop in their pull-up or their pants or whatever. And so if they're not quite ready to get on the potty for whatever reason on the toilet, if they're scared, you know, um, then they'll start holding it. And so um, I've found that a lot of times once they're potty trained and once they learn to poop on the potty – That that constipation, we actually struggled with this with my oldest. She would hold it because she was afraid. Um, She did not want to poop in the potty, but she did not want to feel dirty in her diaper. And so she would hold it. And that made her, all that contributed to constipation. And once she was potty trained and once we got there, she's not been constipated ever again. So a lot of times around that potty training time, they will start holding it for various reasons um, during the potty training you know, period, and then once they learn, it kind of gets a little bit better. So hang in there.
0: <laughs> okay, thank you all so much. Yeah, hopefully that helps some. Um, thank you for your call. We're talking today about toddlers, uh, potty training, and tantrums, and all the things that go along with uh, raising toddlers. We'd love to hear any questions you may have about these topics, or maybe share some comments that maybe other people can use, and when they're trying to potty train their children or helping. Uh, Teach them the t- teach uh, behavioral to- uh, topics with the tantrums. Give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod, Assistant Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at UMMC. Today we're talking about raising a toddler, all the different... um Problems that you may encounter, including tantrums and toilet training, all the things that can cause some frustration. So we've got Dr. Laura Newman on with us. She is a pediatrician as well as mom of three. So she's given us some of her tips that she used with her three kids, uh, two of which are potty trained now. Uh, So we'd love to hear any comments and questions. Give us some tips that you found that are helpful with potty training eight seven seven MPB ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four or you can also send us an email at kids at mpbonline.org. dot org we've got another caller Christian and Madison thanks for calling today thank you for having me yeah what's going on
5: well I have a question and a tip so y'all were just talking about Miralax and we have had our little boy on Miralax for quite some time now he's three and I was wondering how often or how long is too long, I suppose, to keep him on it?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Miralax is actually a pretty safe medication. Um, the way that Miralax works, it's cause, called an osmotic laxative. So what it's doing is it's just essentially sucking out the water and absorbing that so it softens your stools. So it's not, like I was saying earlier, you know, the milk and mag may make them run to the bathroom and have kind of that crampy. Miralax doesn't really do that because that's not how it works. Um, So it's a fairly safe medication. We have kids that are on it for years. Um, Obviously, you know, we don't want to give kids medicines anytime if we don't have to. So if we can get them to come off of it, we definitely want to. But overall, Miralax is very safe and we have lots of kids that stay on it for several years. But I think it's worth it to um, always try to get your kid to come off of it, you know, if they can. especially, it's kind of hard, those toddlers, too. Another thing is they don't eat a lot. You know, they're very picky eaters. They don't get a lot of their vegetables in. So once they start eating a little bit better and they're getting more fiber in their diet from eating more vegetables and a more varied diet, that's a lot of times when you can try to come off the axe. Okay. Well,
5: and then my tip... um how we got him to um, use the potty, um, when he was about two, the daycare started working with him and of course we had to, you know, work with him at home, but we ended up getting him a little potty, um, from Walmart, and I made him a reward chart and put three of his favorite things, which was Starburst, a sticker, and I had a little toy bag full of toys from like the Dollar Tree. And every time he would use the potty, he got to take one of his smaller stickers and put it on a block that he wanted, and that's what he would get, whether it be a Starburst or a toy or a bigger sticker. So that seemed to help him.
0: That is a wonderful tip. So that is actually one of the things that I was going to talk about is a reward system is one of the best things that you can do during potty training. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a huge elaborate they have to go to Walmart and pick out a prize just some stickers or a piece
2: of candy yeah. our kids our our oldest got one M&M for every time she went to the bathroom <laughs> on yeah. the potty one M&M and she you know loved it and it really it really works well yeah so that's a find great Find something tip. they like and and it doesn't have to be expensive or it doesn't have to be a big deal just find something that really make motivates that child
0: yes yes so that's a great tip thank you so much you're
5: so welcome
0: We'll go next to Pam in Hattiesburg. Thanks for calling, Pam.
5: Thank you for taking my call. I just had a
6: tip um, regarding the lady that called in just a little bit ago about her three-year-old. that would go number one, but he had trouble number two, and he was still on the floor. She might want to make sure that he has something to prop his feet on. It's really hard to poop if your feet are dangling in the air. And a lot of kids forget, I think, because I feet reach the floor, that the kids need something to prop their feet on.
0: Yeah, so that's a really good tip, actually. Um, our, you, you said it exactly right. It's very hard to get, to have a bowel movement with your feet hanging down. And actually, even as adults, we're probably not in the right position. And so that's a lot of the, the GI doctors a lot of times will tell parents exactly what you're saying. Get a stool so you can prop your feet up because that just puts your body in a better position so that you can have the bowel movement. That's a great tip. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for your call. We're talking today about potty training and toddler tantrums and all other different, uh, maybe some difficulties that you could encounter uh, raising a toddler. So we'd love to hear any comments and questions that you may have with us. So give us a call at one 672 7464 one mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 7464 So we talked a little bit about the potty training and how you know your child is ready. So um, one of the things is they've got to be physiologically ready so that their bladder can hold the urine um, and that they learn that control. So one of the things that you can see is that maybe your child will wake up from a nap and stay dry. Um, Because if they can't stay dry during a nap time, it's going to be really hard for you to keep them, you know, to potty train them. And to get them in a regimen because they can't hold their bladder during a one or two hour nap. So that's one of the things. Another thing is like Dr. Newman was saying that you um, that they can tell you when they've had when they need to go. Well, they'll they first start off by telling you that they went, and then they'll tell you that they have to go. So that's a few of the things. Some other things that you know you just don't really think about is but they've got to be um, ready physically too. So they have to be able to one walk to the bathroom. Um, they have to be able to pull their pants down and get on the toilet, whether that is your small toilet, or a little potty training potty that you found them, or if it's putting them on the, the big toilet, um, they've got to be able to climb up there, get in their position and be able to pull their pants back up. So there's lots of things that go into it that we just don't think about that, you know, maybe an 18 month old may not be completely ready for just yet. And so that's okay if your 18 month old's not ready for it, because most of the time it's going to be at least two before they get all of those physiologic skills, motor skills. And one of the biggest ones is um the emotional readiness. So how do they know when they are emotionally ready to start potty training? And that can be probably one of the hardest ones to gauge um, because, you know, a toddler is going to always say, I want to do it. I can do it. I can do it. Um, they want to be able to do everything themselves. And yes, so absolutely, a lot of times they'll say that they're ready for the potty um, and they'll want to maybe watch you or follow you to the bathroom or follow their older sibling and say they want to, but they may not be emotionally ready to start it just yet. And so that could be one that's a little bit a little bit harder to tell. Um, but that's also one aspect that you can kind of feed off of because, you know, toddlers really, they like your approval and they like to imitate behaviors. So, um, so that's one thing that you can see that when they really do start seeming to show a lot of interest in it, you can kind of feed off that emotional aspect of it. And, um, reward system that's a good one that kind of plays off of it because they want to they need that approval they love the rewards um the other part is like i said is the imitating and i think uh dr Newman and i were talking earlier that the second her second child's been a little bit easier to potty train just because she has the older one to look at right
2: yes she the two-year-old wants to do everything our four-year-old does um we she we call them Pete and repeat. I mean, she imitates her in all things. And so um, she started a little bit earlier, a little bit before, too, wanting to go to the potty and use the potty. And so, um, you know, that social aspect and her just seeing and imitating her sister helped us a good bit. So a lot of times subsequent children are a little bit easier to potty train. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We're talking today about potty training as well as toddler, all the different difficulties that you encounter with the toddler, tantrum, separation, anxiety, everything. We'd love to hear any comments or questions, so please give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464.
1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
6: This
0: is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens and MPB Think Radio I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod, Assistant Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at UMMC. Today we're talking about raising a toddler, which is a fun but stressful and can be frustrating time. We're talking about tips for toilet training as well as managing the toddler tantrums. We've got Dr. Laura Newman on with us. She is a pediatrician and mom of three, and she is helping us with these discussions today. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at one mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can send us an email at kids at mpbonline.org. We'll go next to Petra. Thanks for hanging on for us.
6: Go ahead. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah. Um, to say two years of age, children are ready to be potty trained, I don't think that's a good guideline because every child is different. Every child develops at their own pace. Mm-hmm. Um, I have worked with children for 40 years. I tell my parents, When your child is dry in the morning, five to six times out of a week that you can wake them up, take them to the potty, it's time to potty train. Because by that time, the bladder is ready to empty on command. If the bladder is not ready to empty when you want it to empty and it empties because it is full, your child's not ready to do that. You're asking a child to do something they physically cannot do which is very frustrating emotionally and physically for the child. Emotionally, pee and poop still belongs to a two-year-old, and they don't want to give it up. And I want to say another thing to temper tantrums. Our receptive language, what we understand, compared to expressive language, what we can say, Mm -hmm. has such a huge difference at 24 months. That's why toddlers get upset. They can't tell you, Mom, you've been at Walmart too long. Ten minutes was all I could take. I want to go. I want to go home. So that's what I have to say to that. Thank you so much for taking my call.
0: Yeah, thank you for calling. So I guess let me clarify. So I wasn't meaning that you had to start potty training at two. Um, I was saying that most kids are ready starting around age two. Um, It's kind of hard. I guess I was trying more to imply that it's hard to start potty training before age two. While there are definitely some kids out there that are able to potty train around 18 months and two years old, most aren't even physiological. Logically ready and have the motor skills until they're at least two. So um, you're exactly right. Every kid is ready at a different age. And it may be 18 months for some, it may be two for some, and it may be 30 months or three years old before some are even ready Um, but most kids are not even going to be physiologically ready to start until they're at least two is what is what I was saying so um, but you're exactly right every kid is different Um, most kids though it is somewhere around two to two and a half that they seem to get interested and their bodies are actually ready to start the potty training. Uh, You also brought up a wonderful point about the toddler tantrums, which we haven't really gotten to much yet, but language and their ability to not be able to communicate is usually always the source of the tantrums. Um, not always, um, but a lot of times that definitely plays a huge role in it. Uh, when you're two years old, as pediatricians, we really only expect you to be able to say about 50 words. Now, you can understand a lot more than that, but a two-year-old really only says about 50 words. So, when you when you think about that, that's that's not a lot of words. So, exactly like you said, um, they have a really hard time communicating, and that is a big source of frustration for them them and their way of acting out is definitely going to be a tantrum um, and so that's very common and that you're exactly right that's why we see it in the two and three-year-olds because their language isn't fully developed and so they have a hard time communicating thank you so much for your call we're talking today about toilet training and toddler tantrums and we'd love to hear any comments and questions that you have so give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 7464 So, I I know we can't emphasize this enough, but there's no one-all-fits-all for um, a potty training. But tell us some of the things that you did with your kids. How did you get the process started?
2: So, um, with my oldest, our first that we potty trained, you know, like I said earlier, she was telling us that she had to go to the potty. Um, So, we started the process. My children also, since I'm a physician and I work, um, they also go to daycare, and so that helped um, because they were once they got into that two-year-old room the teachers they have a potty in their room and the teachers kind of reinforced that and worked on potty training there as well and so we just um, we kind of made a big deal. Um, I basically, uh, did a small parade in my home every time my child used the bathroom on the potty. Um, we did a reward system. Um, she was showing us interest and that she was ready. I would not put her on the potty if she was screaming and fighting. That's not going to get you anywhere. Um, I believe this was three years ago, so I'm trying to remember back, but, um, we did put her on the potty at first. Um, She did not want to. She would try to get off. She said, no mama, no mama. Um, There was a little fear about the potty. um, And so we did not push it. She wasn't ready. And then once she started showing some interest and told us she wanted to get on the potty um, a little over age two, we would take her um, and we would tell her if you TT or poo poo on the potty, you get an M&M. And that reward system worked well for us. And she, you know, showed interest, and then she got it. She potty trained in the daytime, um, and pretty pretty quickly, and was dry during the day. wore panties during the day for about six months. After that, she continued to wear pull up at nighttime. Um, you can have the ability to potty train during the day when you're awake, physiologically and physically. That's easier than when you're asleep. That's a whole different. It's an unconscious. It's more of a physiologic issue when you're asleep. So it is okay to have your child potty trained during the day, Um, and that's and even if they can't do it at night, and that's totally okay, Um, especially if they're a little older. Some, particularly boys, can't potty train at night it's more of a struggle and some kids have bedwetting up until age five or six and that's considered normal and you don't want to wait until they're dry at night to start potty training during the day because that's going to cause distress for a five or six year old um, socially at school and things like that so it's okay to to potty train them during the day and continue to work with a pull-up or something at nighttime. Um, But that's what we did. We waited till she was ready and she was excited about it. And we clapped and cheered and gave her an M&M and ran around the house. And I won't sing it for you, but my husband made up a potty song. (laughs) And we still sing it sometimes. It's kind of a joke in our house. Um, But we just did a lot of song and dance. And, you know, toddlers really want their approval, especially my first child, who is a huge people pleaser. Um, And she just really soaked in that praise and positive reinforcement and just that really worked for us and rewards positivity um, is the way to go. If they're not ready, if they're not doing well, they're still young. It's, it doesn't get you anywhere to be negative about it and to punish them for not going on the potty. That is absolutely not going to work from a mama standpoint and from a pediatrician standpoint. So just, you know, Punishment for not being able to do it is not is not the route, yeah. for sure.
0: Looks like we have got another caller, Mikey. Thanks for calling us today. What's going on?
7: Oh, thank you, and she just answered a couple of my questions, but I, I hope that she will repeat them um, about boys having later physiological development, particularly with bedwetting. And uh, like I say, I hope you'll reiterate that because you know that's something that especially those of us who don't have kids of our own, but sometimes have, you know, we're in charge of having some other people's kids with us. Um, But the only one that that was not answered is whether or not diabetes and a predisposition to diabetes because it's genetic in the family um, has something to do with, um, well, with bedwetting particularly, since it it comes after potty training.
0: Yeah, so... uh boys boys definitely tend to have a little bit harder time now, not all boys um i don't know that there's a ton of necessarily a lot of scientific evidence to back up all of it um, to explain everything. But anecdotally, I have seen it with my own two eyes that boys do tend to pick it up a little bit slower um, than girls do. And the bedwetting, you know, like Dr. Newman said, it is totally normal for kids to wet the bed until they're five, even six. We usually, as uh, pediatricians, don't start intervening until they're at least six, sometimes even until they're a little bit older, like eight years old, um, before we'll consider really intervening medically for the bedwetting um so it's definitely something that can be frustrating but you just have to be prepared for it like she was saying whether that be a pull up putting plastic on your bed um so that it doesn't get on the sheets but uh it can happen for a while with regards to the diabetes um with with new-onset diabetes, um, a lot of people have what we call polyuria, which means they tend to urinate a lot more than normal. Um, they also drink a lot more. So uh, they have polydipsia and polyuria, so they'll drink a lot more and they'll urinate a lot more, um, usually with new-onset diabetes. That's just a sign that your sugar is high because um, water follows sugar. So if your sugar is really high, then you tend to have uh, more of a natural diuretic so most t- the time diabetes shouldn't really be playing a role in bedwetting like i said it could be um it could it, bedwetting is pretty common the thing with diabetes is you should see other changes throughout the day. So it shouldn't just be bedwetting. It should be ex- like that they have the polyuria go into the bathroom more frequently during the day as well, not just at night. You may also notice that they're drinking more, like I was saying, the polydipsia. So... um Diabetes hopefully should not be the source of bedwetting, but it's definitely something you need to be looking out for if they're having these problems during the day as well. If it's just isolated to the nighttime, it's usually not a medical problem. It's, it'll eventually work itself out. Uh, but yeah. di-
7: and if it's genetic, if it's in the family, and uh, there's quite a history of yeah. it.
0: Yeah, so the, the type 2 diabetes tends to run in families a little bit more than type 1 diabetes. Necess- and Type 2 diabetes is the one that we see a lot of times as you get older, uh, but we're also seeing in some of our kids from um, obesity because it is directly related to obesity. Uh, the type 1 diabetes, they can run in the families, but it's not as common as type 2. And um, the type 1 diabetics are usually going to be a lot sicker than the type 2. So the type 1 diabetics have no insulin at all. And um, so that they, they get a lot sicker a lot faster. So you would notice this over a short time period, within a, probably a couple of weeks. Um, whereas type 2 diabetics, it's more of a gradual presentation. Uh, because they still have a little bit of insulin left in their body. It's more of an insulin resistance initially. And so they don't have the symptoms as quickly as the type 1s do. Does that make sense?
7: Yes, ma'am, and thank you so much because that gives me somewhat of a better idea of what to look out for. And, you know, I mean, like you say, you can't punish somebody. You know, I don't even spank my dogs if something's (laughs) going wrong, you know.
6: It's like and they can't help it.
0: Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for your call. We appreciate that. Thank you. So we we we'll take a quick break and we'll continue our discussions about toddlers and toilet training as well as tantrums. So we'd love to hear any comments and questions. We got a few minutes left, so give us a call at 1877 MPB ring. That's 18776727464. Southern Remedy, Kids and Teens, and MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod, Assistant Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at UMMC. Today we've had some great discussions about toilet training and a few comments about tantrums and different things that you'll encounter when you're raising a toddler that can be little frustrating to deal with. We thank Dr. Newman for being on with us and talking with us and giving us some of her tips uh, that she's found that worked with her three children that she has. Um, And we appreciate all your calls. We've got a few minutes left. So if you have any calls, give us a call at 1-877-MPV-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. So I think one thing that's been repeated a few times, and this goes for both um, toilet training and as well as behavioral um, management in toddlers, including the tantrums and just everything um, with toddler behavior, is positive reinforcement. That's one thing I, I think the AAP stresses so much is positive reinforcement. Kids respond a lot better to positive reinforcement than they do negative reinforcement. So what we mean by that is when you see those good behaviors, praising those good behaviors, um, because kids are a lot more likely to repeat that good behavior if they were praised for it. Kids are always seeking attention, um, and that can be negative attention, and that can be positive attention either way. So they respond a lot better to positive attention, but sometimes they're acting out is just so they can get attention in general, um, even if it is negative attention. So we always want to recommend the positive attention to the kids, and they respond so much better to that. Um, not saying that you can't discipline your child. Um, there's a difference between discipline and punishment. Discipline is creating that relationship and developing that trust relationship, um, whereas punishment is more of a negative Uh, But, you know, with discipline, we do want you to discipline your child, but we also want you to stay positive with that. So always praising that. That goes for behavior. That goes for potty training. That is one thing that kids are always going to respond to. Um, Another thing that kind of crosses over between potty training as well as behavior is being consistent. Um, Wouldn't you say, Dr. Newman, that's so important? Oh, yes, for sure. So um, having everybody on board with that, you know, because uh, it takes a village, as they say, to raise a kid. Um, it's not just you and your spouse or whoever is um, involved in your child's life. It's it's parents, it's grandparents, it's daycare workers, it's teachers, it's friends, it's neighbors. Um, it's everybody that helps you with this. So you got to get everybody on board with that as well. Anybody that's involved in your child's life, we got to be consistent with that. Um, so you want them to be on board with your discipline plan you want them to be on board with your potty training plan and it's important that that you try to keep that you know across all the lines because kids are going to be taken care of by other people not just you wouldn't you say yes
2: absolutely and consistency is a big deal um consistency makes kids feel safer too you know um they know what to expect they know what the rules are they know you know they they know what's going on and if if they're in different environments where the rules change and that may mean they get disciplined for something that they wouldn't have gotten disciplined at somewhere else you know it's it creates confusion they can't understand when to follow what rule if it's if it's different across different environments so um it it cuts down on confusion for the child which cuts down on frustration which cuts down on tantrums um and it it gives them a safe feeling mm-hmm. that they know they know what's expected and what's going on and um, that just makes them feel like safe yeah for lack of a better word yeah.
0: exactly <laughs> exactly another thing you know it, it it can be a frustrating time it can be a very stressful time but it's also a rewarding time um, you know, you get to see your child learn and develop so many new skills, um, especially like the potty training. They get so excited mm-hmm. when they finally accomplish that. Um, and the fact that you get to be a part of that and helping them learn those new skills that they're going to carry on through the rest of their life. And so it's the same thing with uh, behavioral stuff, too. You know, you want to teach them those good habits mm-hmm. um, to, you know, teach them those to be a happy, healthy person on down the road and to be a part of that and to teach them those skills. It's a very rewarding time.
2: Yeah, and and you know, two. Everybody talks about the terrible twos. Two is one of my favorite ages. Um, we're on our second two-year-old, so I have you know end of two. But um, I love the two, the two-year-olds. It, it's a challenge sometimes, but they're just learning language mm-hmm. and they're learning so much and watching them grow really quickly and be able to communicate better with you. It's really it's a fun time.
0: Yes. Well, thank you so much for Dr. Newman being on with us today. I think we've had some wonderful callers and we appreciate all our callers. This has been Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and Think Radio and is funded in a part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and generous support from listeners like you. Today's show was engineered by Jay White. I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod. Join us next Thursday at 11 for Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. And stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now coming up next on MPB Think Radio.